so glad you're with us here on the Clark Howard Show, where it's all about you and stretching that wallet of yours. You can follow me at facebook.com slash Clark Howard. Clark.com's our main website coming up in just a few minutes. How would you like to be somewhere on a vacation or somewhere on a work trip and have everything about you shared with federal authorities by the hotel you're staying at? Wait till you hear the incredible information I'm going to share with you. And later yet, I get call after call after call from people who want to know if they should buy one of these TV boxes that will allow you to watch any programming you want for free. Well, I'm going to fill you in on how that works and whether it's a deal you should be grabbing a hold of. So here's one that's a deal. In Europe, there is a brand of car called the Logan. And the Logan was originally designed to be sold in poorer countries in Eastern Europe and Central Europe. And that was its goal. That was its purpose. And they were selling a complete car fully equipped for 9,000 euro, which depending on the exchange rate, let's say $11,000. The Logan became like a magnet for people from wealthier countries in Europe And they would buy a cheap one-way ticket on a discount airline to Eastern or Central Europe, buy a new Logan, and then they'd drive it back across Europe, and they'd have a car at a third the cost of a typical car in Western Europe. Well, that has been such a huge market that now the Logan is sold anywhere in Europe you want to buy it, and people keep on buying it. There are several different versions now and all that. Mitsubishi, looking at that, has now decided they're going to do that kind of thing in the United States. And Mitsubishi is now selling a variety of models, brand new, for less than the cost of the average trade-in vehicle in the U.S. So, in fact, I saw an uh, item on market watch that they are now at lots of mitsubishi dealers they're putting the new mitsubishi products sprinkled with the used ones being sold used vehicles being sold at the dealerships because the sales person can say yeah we got this used whatever over here and it's 16.5 but you can have this brand new car over here for 14 or 13 or whatever And there's a big uh, pent-up demand in the United States for more affordable wheels. And what's happened in the car market, the average cost of a new vehicle in the United States is now at $35,000. So very few people can afford to spend $35,000 on a new vehicle. I mean, you look at the payments people have to get on a loan and how many years the loan has to run. And there's a market that's being ignored that Mitsubishi is going to try to fill. The cars and SUVs may not be everybody's cup of tea, but they're in the marketplace 
and it's a more affordable way for you to have new wheels. By the way, the Mitsubishis come with a 10-year warranty like the Korean cars do, the Kias and the Hyundais. Now, another thing. One thing that was so much a discussion when I was at CES recently, the Consumer Electronics Show in Las Vegas, is your car continually transmitting data about you and about the car, how you start, how you stop, all that. And the reality is more and more vehicles are transmitting information that is very thorough. My wife can go on an app on her phone because the brand of car we have is always connected to the internet and she can say, oh, I see you're right near the supermarket right now. Will you run over and get me this, that, or the other? Or why are you eating another burger for lunch today? Because I see you're in the parking lot of fill in the blank. And she'll do things like open the sunroof on me while I'm driving just to have fun. She can honk the horn. She can flash the lights on my vehicle from anywhere she is right on the app. And so the, the ability to track what's going on in a car, and if it's not real time, to be able to track your driving history, how you brake, how you accelerate, how you steer, how often you lane change, this information is available all the time. And so just know that that privacy you feel like you have in your car, it barely exists anymore. Ryan is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Ryan. Hey, how's it going? Great, thank you. How do you feel about my wife being able to monitor me every second I'm in my car? <laughs> That's pretty uh, pretty scary, that is for sure. But, um, you know, it's uh, good things to get some data and, you know, be able to compile stats and see what they can make safer and, you know, help people out that way. I'm sure there's parts of the apps and features of the apps that, uh, you know, help make it safe or help make you get into it if you lock something in it or something like that. So, Well, you know who's going to hate this the most? Teenagers. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> so, Ryan, um, how can yeah. I serve you today? Uh, so, basically, I was, um, you know, looking uh, at a bank, um, online bank, and they, uh, in their app or in their features, they have a, a good budgeting tool that, you know, allows you to be able to set your goals for something, and then it, uh, you know, takes the money out in the small increments because you have a start date, maybe an end date or end goal, and um, it kind of does it for you. I've tried, like, the envelope method before. I've tried some of these other budgeting sites and things. Um, you know, but you still have to, you know, open up a separate account to get, you know, maybe that money that's paying just bills into that account first. And then you got to, you know, every day feels like you're in there trying to transfer money from one thing to another or run them by an ATM to put it in an envelope or, and so I was trying to see if this online. So the idea of automating it where it just automatically happens, it doesn't create any compliance issues for you where you've got to get it done and you don't have the hassle of getting it done. It just does it for you. Correct. At least that's what it looks like. All right. Which, <laughs> uh, which app or online bank are we talking about here? That was uh, Simple, I Oh, there. yeah. Yeah, I, I've talked about Simple for a number of years. You used to have to wait for an invitation from them, but 
you don't have to do that anymore. Okay. And they are they're actually not truly a bank, but they offer bank accounts through partners and it's all about the uh, the fact that you don't have fees with them and then they offer all these budgeting tools and money management tools and they're all free to use and it really is a great thing when you're trying to set for goals i'm looking right now now that you've mentioned it, i'm looking at the uh, a representation of the app and it shows that you can put money aside for your car insurance, put money aside for emergency funds. It's got all kinds of examples of how you can put money aside for different purposes. And you see how close you are to your goal for each of those things. So yeah, it's, yeah, it's the like real it's the deal. Bank, the bank itself just seemed like it was a lot of almost too good to be true things, like no overdraft fees and no ATM fees and no it just and maybe giving you interest on your money that you have in there, which is obviously not one, not much. But, you know, it just uh, I want to make sure that it wasn't really too good to be. true. No, no, it's not too good to be true. In fact, let's look at the money you earn on your account. You know, I like for you to take excess cash and look at the some of the online banks that are paying about a point and a half now or higher on savings. Gotcha. And those interest rates are headed steadily higher. The thing is, traditional banks are all about trying to figure out how to gouge you, how to fee you, how to do gotchas on you, like the overdraft fees. So the online banks are looking at the market completely differently. How do we serve people and make them trust us when people hate banks? And so they've made them really simple to use, and they've eliminated all the things that people hate about traditional banks. So, yeah, using simple should be uh, perfect for what you talked about, about right. an alternative to the envelope stuff. Well, sounds great. I do appreciate it, and I hope you and your staff have a happy new year so far. Thank you very much. Same to you. When does it get too late? I guess by February 1st to wish somebody a happy new year. Chuck is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Chuck. Hey, Clark. How are you today? Great. Thank you. So, Chuck, you want to see the seven C's? <laughs> well, maybe. How maybe are you thinking of doing uh, that? If it's, if it's good. How are you going to make that happen? Well, a friend of mine, and this is if I understood him correctly, he sets a goal of trying to get something like four or 500,000 flight miles a year by applying for these offers from airline credit cards of you know, 30, 40, 50,000 miles, and then you spend 1,000 or 2,000 in the first three months and satisfy those requirements. Um, he never carries a balance. He's very firm about that. And I just, I was just wondering, Clark, if that's a good idea. Does it, is there any downside to um, opening up these credit lines and then he'll close them in due course or just cancel the card in due course? Um, doesn't generally want to pay the annual fee. So um, your thoughts on that? If, if you're a mileage junkie, which is what he's called, he's a mileage <laughs> junkie, um, and you stick to the plan and you're not planning on taking out a mortgage in a time period when you're doing your whole mileage junkie thing, it's great to do. Reason you don't do it when 
a mortgage may be in your future, you know, buying a home, refinancing one, is that you're going to have to uh, deal with the fact that your credit score could hit a little bit of bumps along the way, not fall off a cliff, but could suffer some. And so as long as there's nothing like that that you've got coming, then if you're disciplined about it, when an offer comes along, like I get these all the time from airline after airline after airline and then the independents offering the huge mileage bonuses to moderate. I would say 50,000 is moderate, 100,000 points huge. And when you can get 50,000 or above, think about what you're getting. I mean, you're getting the opportunity to great free travel. So yeah. I'm with yeah. your friend all the way. Wow. Well, that's, that's good to find. It sounded like maybe something to be careful about. And Oh, you do have to be mentioned. careful. I mean, you said the rules up front. You got to make sure you uh, pay every balance in full every month. Because running any balance, you negate the benefits of the points. And you also need to, does your friend have enough flexibility in his life that he can take a trip when the points are available at a good level instead of having to go very specific dates? I think so. Yes, he does. And you would have to have that too, because frequent flyer points are useless if you can't be flexible about your go and return, and even what your potential destination may be. Very good. So how long before, let's say, you, no mortgage in my future right now, but if you were going to do this, how what would be the time period to wait after that where a mortgage consideration would be safe? I would say minimum six months. Safer would okay. be nine months to a year. Okay. That's very, very helpful, Clark. Thank you. Sure. And then just go see the world. You'll love it. There are times it feels like we have no privacy at all anymore, but I'm going to share something with you that is absolutely, completely, and totally Clark-rageous. Scams, rip-offs, outrages. It's a Clark-rageous moment. This is a stunner. Horrific that this was going on. Motel 6 and what was first... Uh, discovered by a newspaper in Arizona, and now it's become a story around the country, and they're being sued for this, Motel 6 was giving federal authorities full information on everybody staying at any of a number of corporate-owned properties of Motel 6. And they were doing it without a warrant. It was a fishing expedition expedition and giving detailed personal information whatever they had on each individual being registered at the participating motel sixes it sounds like special deals only at participating locations so this was absolutely improper there's a lawsuit now from the state of washington that alleges this was illegal. I don't think there's any doubt that this was illegally giving information on nobody even knows how many thousands of guests whose personal information was being given to the federal government without their knowledge, without their consent. And 
some of the practices going on where because of the sound of people's last names, federal authorities were subjecting them to greater scrutiny just by their name to see if they had criminal records or anything like that on an absolute, complete, shot-in-the-dark fishing expedition and then coming after people. And Motel 6 now has told the Los Angeles Times of one publication that they're not doing this anymore and that they are going to fully cooperate in investigations of something that shouldn't have happened in the first place. I'm so glad you're joining us here on the Clark Howard Show, where it's about you learning ways to save more and spend less and don't let anyone ever rip you off. Clark.com, our main website. Hey, when you got a question for me, go to clark.com slash ask. You also can get your questions answered off the air. We do that 42 hours each week with free off-the-air advice. And we've been doing that for 25 years now, where you can talk with a member of our team. On Clark.com, scroll down a little on the main screen. You'll see the phone number and hours available for free off-the-air advice and guidance. We got to talk because in the last year, things go through patterns, they go through waves. But in the last year, one of the most frequent things posted on Clark.com slash ask has been from people wanting to know what the deal is with these streaming devices that you can buy for a flat rate, usually several hundred dollars, that then promise you unlimited free pay TV from all the premium channels like HBO and premium sports channels, premium adult channels, regular pay TV channels, all available to you with a box that you hook up to your TV and to the internet. No cable bill, no satellite bill, none of that. And what I have said when I've talked to you on the air, when you've called about these boxes, I've said they're pirate boxes and that These boxes are designed and sold to steal television content. Now, I will tell you there have been a number of people who have reacted very negatively to me saying that, because if you've been comfortable using one of these and you don't think of yourself as somebody who would steal something, and particularly when I've compared it to shoplifting from a store, the example I gave that really teed somebody off was when I said just imagine in the era when people would buy DVDs that you would go into a store and just pick up all the DVDs you wanted and walked out without paying for them and someone found that very offensive but the reality is I don't care how much people promoting these boxes on, ironically enough, sometimes on TV ads, a lot of times on the internet, no matter how much they tell you this is perfectly legal, it is not. And now there are lawsuits coming from every direction at the people marketing and selling these boxes. My only question 
what took you all this time to get around to getting off your rear ends and doing something about this? Because now who knows how many millions of these boxes have been purchased and are in people's homes. So uh, movie studios, Amazon, Netflix, who knows who else are filing suits against the various companies. And the other question I have, where's law enforcement? Where's somebody going after people selling these pirate boxes that allow the end user to steal movies, television, sports, whatever it is? This is very similar to what went on a generation ago with stealing music with, what was the thing that people used to... Napster, that's right. Napster, and then there was one that uh, that followed after Napster got shut down. Do you remember, John? LimeWire was Lime really wire. big for a while. Okay. Was that the one you used to steal music? <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, today, the music market, people accept the idea that you rent music with a subscription service or that you listen to a free one with ad downloads, with ads and it's funny that before, when music was so expensive, people could not seem to avoid the temptation of stealing it. To me, the pirate boxes signal, if nothing else, they signal that the price points of pay TV are higher than people are willing to pay. And the new streaming options, which tend to run from 20 to $40 a month, where traditional pay TV from cable or satellite tends to be over 100 a month, I think they're addressing that price signal issue. But I'll tell you, avoid the temptation to buy the boxes. Robert's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Robert. Hello, Clark. How are you, sir? Great. Thank you, Robert. You're going to pick up and move so that your lifestyle is a whole lot cheaper. That's the hope. That's the plan. Where are you moving from and to? California, and right now plan A is Idaho. Plan B, C is Texas. And I'm really interested in Kentucky, but my in-laws and my wife have no desire to go to Kentucky. Well, if they have no desire to go to Kentucky, you know the, the important proverb, right? Yes, that, that kind of shuts that deal down altogether. Completely. So... Idaho is really in right now with Californians that are trying to escape traffic and the high cost of living. Unfortunately, yes. What's unfortunate, that you're going to escape California and California is going to come with you? I'm hoping not. (laughs) Oh, I just read a story about this. It's weird you're calling about it because I just read a long-form story about the Californians moving to Idaho maybe 10 days, two weeks ago, and how they get there, and turns out their next-door neighbor is from down the street where they were in California when they get to Idaho. Sure. I don't mind the Californians. I just want California to stay in California, so leave the California voting there, please. Well, (laughs) I mean, Iowa has a much lower housing cost. Idaho has, I say Iowa, I said Idaho has a much lower housing cost, obviously, as you've probably seen. 
and part of it. except for little corridors and in Boise, you're not going to have any traffic headaches like you're used to. I could deal with that. Now, the Texas argument is that you would also have no state income tax. But it's hot there. Well, I mean, hot is a relative term. I mean, are you a skier? Uh, not particularly. I've uh, lived in the Bay Area most of my life. Uh, my wife and her parents lived in Tahoe area, Truckee, for quite a while. So the snow is a bit more familiar to them. And I've spent a little bit too much time in the sandbox. I've filled my quota of too hot. Well, then I'm going to make a suggestion to you. Okay. I think Idaho becomes your choice, but you rent first and don't buy. Okay. And the reason and I say that, how long? I, I'd say you rent for um, minimum six months. Okay. And if if all of you take to it and you say this is this is it, why did we wait this long? Then you put down roots. But if you're there six months and you're like, what were we thinking? And you either head back to California or you go to Texas or wherever else. I think that's how you do it. That you have to be willing to do the expiration, but the mistake I think most people make is a place maybe they vacation at, they think is great, buy a place and they're like, wow, completely different living here. We don't want to. I think renting first is always the right answer. Good luck with your move, Robert. Mike is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Mike. Hi, Clark. How are you today? Great. Thank you, Mike. How do you feel about your fellow Californian wanting to give California the boot? I do not blame him a bit. The only real good reason to live here is for the weather. <laughs> so where would, you, where would you head to next if you decided you'd had enough of California? I would definitely go north. Really? To yeah. Oregon or Washington? I have a lot of family that lives in Idaho, actually. Oh, you'd go, Idaho, too. This is yeah. like the Idaho hour of the Clark Howard show. Yeah, just recently in the last couple of years, both of my nieces have moved there. Wow. Yeah. Well, how can I be of service to you today? Because you're not relocating. No, but we, we have recently moved out of the Bay Area into the foothills and um, uh, recently retired this last summer. And uh, we are able to pay off our house this month. And how does that feel? It's going to feel wonderful. We, it's been a goal of ours, you know, of our, our whole life, of course. And um, one of your non-favorite banks just happens to hold the loan. So that's even more of an encouragement. <laughs> oh, you have a Wells Fargo loan then? We do. Okay. The stagecoach robbing you every day. <laughs> yes. So we were just wondering... Um, the steps to take, and we don't want to make any mistakes. Okay. How long have you had the Wells Fargo mortgage? Only about six months. Okay. So this is important for you to do, is for you to print out your own amortization schedule and not trust theirs. Oh, gotcha. And you can do that easily on the internet. If you just go, mm -hmm. uh, whatever search engine you use, Google or whatever, just put in, um... Uh, mortgage amortization schedule, and you'll see all these that you can do for nothing. Right. And print out the first year, because that's all you'll need. 
You need your original date that the loan began, the balance initially, the initial interest rate, and you'll see what the balance should be tracking each month. Right. Now, you will have to pay, and this isn't just Wells Fargo. This is a ripoff of the banking business. Mm-hmm. They'll charge you a fee for a payoff letter, usually around $25. Okay. And it will show a daily interest calculation. So every day that loan remains outstanding, there's an additional impact on the balance that you have to pay off. Okay. So you pay them off based on paying on an exact day. Right. And if you want to pay it off and have no question later, you do it by wire, where you wire the money to Wells Fargo, and then they can't charge you additional days of interest saying, well, you didn't pay by that date. I had one that, not with Wells, but I paid off a mortgage by wire transfer. They didn't credit the wire for 11 days. Oh, my goodness. I ended up having to file a complaint with the state banking regulator to get my money back for those 11 days. My goodness. So know that that you... You do everything where it's clear you've documented and you've crossed every T and dotted every I. So if they try to play any games with your wallet, they're not going to get away with it. I understand. And then you have your mortgage burning party. Yeah, absolutely. So that sounds like great news. Retired and mortgage debt free. For sure. I have one other quick question if I could... Sure, go ahead. Um, since we're going to own our home, um, would you think it would be a good idea to own an umbrella insurance policy? Absolutely, positively. You're going to have exposure there with that and whatever else you have in your life. Okay. An umbrella policy, for anyone who's not aware, is an excess liability insurance policy. And so you got a big fat target sitting there owning real estate free and clear plus whatever else. And so umbrella policies that sit on top of what you already have are so cheap to buy, relatively speaking, for what you get. Mm -hmm. You buy them in million dollar increments. And I think that's smart thinking on your part. The first million usually will be a couple hundred dollars and then each additional million is cheaper. Gotcha. So I would do that. That's great peace of mind because you don't want to have worked so hard to be mortgage debt free and then have somebody swoop into your life that causes financial misery for you. Nancy's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Nancy. Hi, Clark. How are you doing today? Great. Thank you, Nancy. I understand that you have decided to jettison your iPhone. Yes, yes. I went to a few sites, and they asked for my birth date. Is that okay? I I didn't feel comfortable with that. Yeah, so let me tell you why you're asked for information. If you go to one of the Echo ATMs, have you ever heard me mention Echo ATM? No. So you can go to this device that is in various public places around metro areas all over the country, and you can put in a smartphone, in your case an iPhone, and their computers will evaluate it right there in this box, and then they give you the money right then and there. 
but they take a copy of your driver's license and they take your picture because the big problem with the cell phones is the theft of them and then the thieves trying to sell them and just score quick cash. So that's why Mm -hmm. everybody asks you for uh, what seems like very invasive personal information. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And okay. don't don't just try one place. I've got a guide on Clark.com of about nine different, I think it's nine, nine or wow. ten different places where you can get quotes, most of them instant, and see what that iPhone will bring for you. Which iPhone is it? An iPhone 6S. Okay. So the okay. 6S remains popular as a new phone, mm-hmm. they're selling these days, I think, for about $279. Wow. Knew you new probably, knew you probably spent a fortune on it, right? Uh, <laughs> no comment. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, look, we've moved from the 6 to the 7 to the 8 yeah. to yeah. the X or 10, whichever way you like to call it. Um, so, right. you know, they depreciate pretty quickly. And so uh-huh. that's why I just see what the best is you can get in the market. Okay. Oh, gosh. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. And, and, I'll, and I'll the, guide, the guide, if you search, for, a... if you search for it on Clark.com, the search okay. you do, it, uh, the headline of the article is get the best deal when selling old gadgets. Okay. And we divide out who, who uh, buys iPhones who buys Androids, who buys either or both. And so you're able to see who's going to pay you the most money. The best thing usually, though, is if you can find a family member who would like to have your old phone, that's usually the best use of what you do with an old one. This is the Clark Howard Show. Thanks for tuning in to the Clark Howard Show today. And if you're like me, you like deals, we got our deal diggers hard at work at ClarkDeals.com that help you save money day in and day out. We work around the clock to find the best deals for your wallet, and they're on a variety of consumer items. Check out ClarkDeals.com.